Welcome to the Church Doctors Podcast with Scott and Marla Sheely. The Church Doctors Podcast is brought to you by Outpouring International. Love God, love people. Well, hello, everybody. We're so glad that you're here again with another podcast from the Church Doctors. I'm Scott Sheely, and I've got a friend of mine, a special friend here in Kalispell, Montana, Matt Turner. Say hello, Matt. Hello. Hello, everyone. We're so glad that uh, you took a moment to stop by the studio today and share your heart. Uh, Matt and I have been friends for years and uh, have laughed together and cried together and ministered together, and and I loved every minute of it. It's and, all been good. Yeah. It? it really has. Yeah, and uh, it's so fun when you find somebody that shares your whole same passion and love for, for God and... Uh, it uh, just seems like sparks fly in the in the kingdom of God when you put put people together that are like uh, like minded. And uh, so, what's on your heart today, Matt? Well, uh, this last Sunday, um, it being Christmas, we sang "O Holy Night," and um, <clears throat> it was a, a group of uh, house churches that we'd gotten together for a potluck, and we were wanting to worship some and enjoy. Um, some Christmas songs together and some food together. And uh, we were singing O Holy Night. And these words just jumped out at me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read that if that's yeah. okay. Yeah. So, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared, and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary soul rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Yeah. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's so good! Yeah, that, even without music, it's awesome. That song just leaped out. Uh, that that verse, and in particular the part where. It says, and the soul felt its worth. And I, <clears throat> I began to reminisce about how utterly devoid of identity and worth I had been when Jesus reached in and touched me. And I, I realized that, that the Christ was born in a manger the lowest place, the very yeah. dirtiest of places. And um, he was born, quite honestly, in my soul, in my heart, in the lowest place. Right, me too. <laughs> in, in the worst place I could find. I mean, I was so devoid of identity and worth. And so I, I just, you know, someone asked me to share right after that song, and it just kind of <laughs> took off from there. I just read this uh, this verse, and we the whole place erupted in praise, and, uh, and, and, and just glory fell, because we knew that he had changed our worth. You know, the thing is, is that we, we struggle between understanding the difference between deserving and worth. Right, you know when 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 man's when sin came into the world, you know, um, 
somehow or another, deserving and worth got mixed up. And so if I felt like I'd done something wrong and I didn't deserve uh, for God to love me, my worth went down. It was, my, my worth was destroyed. Yeah. But I think, you know, grace is different. Grace in how it works is so different. And I've got some things that I, um, that I wrote in my book. Um, it's a business book, but it's a business, it's a business book about connecting to God. And so see if I can find some of the stuff here. Um, sorry, it somehow or another, it, Went backwards on me. That's right. Matt's uh, written a couple different books. Uh, this one on business. The bit. Uh, it's not only business. It's the kingdom of God and business. And then he's writing another one right now uh, about uh, sonship and legacy. How how God uses us to pass our legacy on. Uh, from generation to generation, and thinking generally racially, and, uh, we uh, when we when we learn that we don't receive what we deserve, then our life starts producing fruit like yours have. So, did you find it? Did you pull it up? Yeah, okay. um, sort of, sort of. Yeah, it's. Um in the I'm not in the paperback form here. I'm in my phone, my text, my small phone. So just having to. I have one right here. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the fact that, uh, especially in the business world, uh, it's it's really magnified, um, but it's transactional living. And and so we get into this mode as business people uh, of being transactional in the way that we think, you know, because that is how the system works, yeah. you know. And so when we begin to we begin to operate our our spiritual life and try to connect our spiritual life and our business life, um, transaction can become a part of it. In other words, if I do this this and this, then God's going to bless my business. You know, uh, that happens even without business. I mean, that happens in our thought life. We get into this mode of transactional relationship with God. And that's why he hates religion so much, because it's all about transaction. Ah. So, uh, you know, as I, as I ponder that and how, how, does, how does one stay away from transactional uh, perception of God's nature, it's so against His nature, you know. Yeah, and and I think that that even when we sort of get into that mode with Him and we apply it to His nature, it's I don't know about God getting His feelings hurt, but it definitely stifles the grace that God has for us when we're just completely open to what He says we're worth. That's right. That's right. There's a, uh, and then the flip side of that is, is uh, you know, you put in the effort, you do all the right things, and then bang, you get a, 
a paycheck comes back out of the thing, the transaction that you're talking about. But also, uh, the opposite is true. If I, oh, I I did the wrong thing. I I I never do it right, and this happened and that happened, and so obviously my paycheck is going to be disappointment and uh, no, you know, no adoration, no love from from God because. The, the transaction on the other direction is I, back to what you started with, is I get what I deserve. Like, <laughs> man, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we uh, I think the enemy tries to do what I call uh, the art of the steal. He likes to reach in and, and, uh, and speak lies to us. You know, if I, if I do something wrong, if I do something bad, if I make a mistake, or if even a sin, he'll he'll begin to accuse me, you know. And and with those accusations, he will then like try to get me into the mode of being my own source of restoring myself to God. Yeah, and uh, oh. I, it's it's a trap, and it's uh, like a hamster on a wheel trap because yeah. then you're going round and round and round. Uh, Falling down, yep. and then mustering up enough uh, willpower and and want to 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 fix yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That never works. <laughs> and and the thing is, we know this theologically. Most Christians know this. They know that we're saved by grace. Yeah. They know that that um, you know that uh, that Luther nailed the thesis on the on the door and. Uh, and challenged the status quo of, of deserving and worth, you know. Um, but I, I, I think that the enemy sneaks in in such insidious ways that uh, that we don't get it. I think there's an enormous benefit to us if we can discern the difference between deserving and worth. If we can walk with the Lord knowing that all we have to do is be from his righteousness instead of be toward his righteousness. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to earn we're not trying to earn it. When when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, uh he did it with with the joy our with our lives were the were the target of that. He 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 gave his life in in a way that gave us a gift of righteousness, gave us the grace to be able to uh, to walk with Him and and to receive His love. Uh, there's a, a whole list of things that don't depend on uh, receiving what we deserve, because He took upon Him what we actually deserve. And, and exactly. if we'll believe that, then. Then life gets good. Then, then the love of God can flow into our hearts, and we live from righteousness. And we can, we can deal with the fact that when when we do something wrong, we then de- deal with it from that place of righteousness, knowing that uh, what we deserve is different than what we are, what God thinks we're worth. So when the enemy lies to us, he does the sneaky little lie. Then he convinces us that we need to do something to earn that righteousness again. Exactly. Uh, so, so let's just say, let's say that you have a gold brick sitting right here on your table, and 
let's say I go bury that gold brick out in your yard. Did it change value? No. Okay, let's say that I cut it up into little pieces. <laughs> and and I hide the pieces all over your yard, you know. The value of them together does not change. Like it there's not a change in what it is worth. You know, and God looks at us in that same way. There's not one thing that we can do to change his opinion of our worth. You know, Isaiah let me think here. I think I think it's Isaiah forty two. Um, yeah. Isaiah forty two verse one. I love this. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice. So here's the thing is we we don't realize sometimes that we are in Christ and Christ is in us right therefore if the father delights in the son his delight is all over us yeah his delight his his um joy of you know i mean it was restated in Matthew what was it chapter 3 Behold my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. I mean, Jesus went, think of all the things Jesus went through. Um, when Jesus was betrayed, did he instantly think, well, I must, you know, my worth is down. My, my, I'm now worthless. Yeah, no. You know, and we're inside him. So, so when things go wrong for us, uh, we're betrayed or we're denied or we're, you know, hurt, uh, whether it's our fault or not, like the opportunity for us to feel like our, our, that we're worthless um, is ever present. But if we know that we're inside Christ, if we know that the Father delights in us and 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 has this tremendous value on us that can't be extinguished. It can't be changed. I think about that. Yeah. There's not, I mean, Jesus at no time believed anything the enemy told him. Didn't believe any of the circumstances where people didn't believe him. The multiple times where he was, you know, they were going to stone him and then suddenly he disappeared. Yeah. Which would take a whole other podcast to right. talk about. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, Think about that. I, yeah. He didn't, he let none of those things touch his worth. And what the Father said over him, behold, my beloved son. Uh, you know, when I was a younger Christian, I read this book by Robert McGee, and it's called The Search for Significance. It was a really thick book for this Texas boy, yeah. just getting through that whole <laughs> thing. But I'm going to tell you what, the Holy Spirit had told me to read that book. And it was such a powerful wake-up call for me. I was so broken. My soul was so completely devoid of worth when Jesus came into my heart, laid in that manger in my soul at the very darkest place, the very dingiest spot in my being. And the Christ was born there. Yeah. 
you know, and began the change of my worth, the recognition. Well, we go through different times, though. We'll go through a really hard time. I, I went through a terrible divorce. And through that divorce, my worth meter, <laughs> you know, was just gone. But I had been in ministry for years. I had done, you know, I had been involved in leading uh, ministries that had done awesome things. So if I place my worth in that thing and then something terrible happens, you know, where does my value go? So it, there's, a, there's a place where we, where we no longer put our value in what we've done or what we think we've done yeah. or what others have done to us. Yeah, there's, or, a, there's a place right there that I'd like to stop because it's such a prevalent thing in Christianity today that people compare themselves with everybody else. Like, okay, so Matt's a leader in the church. Him and his wife are producing fruit, and they have this ministry. Then every, everybody else is looking at that going, well, I need to be a, a leader in the church and uh, have a, a title and a job in order to be worth anything. And so... But I mean, it's it doesn't make any sense in in logic logical terms. But logic never enters into this. It's always a an emotional lie that the devil says um, your worth is based on how many people you touch or whether you're visible in your ministry and those kind of things. And but the church, uh, the present church that we have, no, no matter how you do church, only has so many leadership positions that are visible. When, and and so not everybody's going to be able to find their worth in that spot, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of this uh, unspoken lie that that worth only uh, is is comes to you when it's a visible thing that everybody notices how uh, good of a life you have and. But the the Bible clearly points out that everybody is a, a a particular part of the body, and the body has many parts, many functions, and some of them are hidden, some of them are private, and so you can't you can't base your worth on whether everybody sees what you do or whether you get a paycheck or because the 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 devil's so sneaky, he uh, if he can't if he can't dirty your worth with your own unrighteousness, your own maybe you keep falling back into sin, then he'll push you over into like ministry pride. Like, yeah. oh, you've got a, you know, you are the guy that has a visibility. And then you you find out that you've been placing your worth in in your job and, and what people see. It's a, yeah. it's a big lie. And sometimes church, uh, church systems, if you will, uh, actually, build a pathway for that. Yeah, like they—that's what I mean. They, yeah. they, they will actually like the the pastor will say things or value you only if you're doing this or that, and 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 you know, I, it's 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 so insidious. Like we we don't understand um, that the enemy, if he can just if he could just stop us from receiving grace. You know, if he could just blockade that grace from getting to us by us being proud of what we do, yeah, us living our worth off of how successful we are, you know, then he's done his job. And uh, and I think that the the day is coming, and now is when this stuff is going to stop. You know, right? I believe that that God is dividing the understanding of deserving and worth. You know. The truth about deserving is 
um, there's all kinds of things that I had done where I was deserving of death. Yeah, me you know? too. And so, and, and so when, when I live from that place deserving, guess what's com- coming after me? Death. Right. Death's coming after me. Death words. You know, it's, it's going to chase me down because that's where I live from. Right. So, Matt, so, so everybody's sitting there listening going, yeah, I feel the same way. I've, I've, I've measured my, my life on, on whether I've produced anything good or not. And nobody notices when I do anything good or not. And I just keep this cycle of depending on what everybody else sees to, to make me feel good. So, so where do people need to go? What's, what's the next thing they need to do to position themselves in a, in a place where they, they stay in that grace of God? I think it's our union with Jesus. It's just completely our union with Jesus, that recognition that my source can only be from him. It can't be from what I do or what I don't do. Um, that's a two-sided coin there, that, that deserving thing. you know. So I can't live from that. Let me just read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. For it was always his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through union with Jesus. Get that? Yeah. Our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. Wow. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. <laughs> yeah, so he brings us into his family yeah. as children, it said right there in the first part. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, if, if I recognize that my union with him and my source is him, it's really hard to to begin to place all the accolades on me. You know, if I stay in a place that's thankful, it's really hard to be thankful and prideful at the same time. Right? Or uh, when you like when we said earlier, we're wrapped up inside of Christ. We're wrapped up in Him, and so how can you take credit for producing anything good when you you're you're wrapped up in 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 Christ and he's in you it's a two-way street and he wants to be in us and we want to be in him but then when we produce anything good it's not of our own uh, ability it's there's a grace of god that helps us to produce good things that could potentially be this transactional thing again like oh look look what i did it worked it worked i i laid hands on somebody and they got healed or or i led somebody to jesus and the you know first you have this joy that comes but then the deceiver comes and says boy you're good you know that's your gift and Mm -hmm. people you need to tell everybody to be like you you know all of the all of the things that we know aren't aren't right but so it can be the even the positive things that we take credit for. But we can't do that because we're in the middle of the grace of God while we're doing that. Yeah. Or you can go on the other extreme and say, uh, I'm not worth anything because because I've, I still haven't got over my addiction or, or the things you struggle with. But you're still wrapped up in Christ. Yeah. He still paid for your life. He still, he, he still loves you 
the same now as before you even knew him, the Bible says, while you were still his enemy. It's the same love. Yeah. And uh, well, I, there's, uh, a, there's a thing also that, that there's a kind of a third leg to that. Uh, there's the blessing, uh, and, and there's the, the, the I'm terrible, you know, but then the third one is I'm going through suffering, you know. Yeah. And, and so we, we can sometimes equate the fact that we're going through suffering with uh, I, I must not be worth much. I'm, I'm receiving a transaction for what I did wrong. Exactly. But it's really not. It's, exactly. it's the on-purpose part of life that God allows us to go through called suffering. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, it's Jesus um, learned how to be obedient to the things that he suffered. Right. That scripture just tears me I up. <laughs> I mean, wait a minute. He didn't already know how. Well, no, he had never been human before. He had never been, you know, his his perfect self had never been subject to all the things that uh, that was being thrown at humanity, and so he learned how to walk out obedient to the things that he suffered, but he had the Holy Spirit living in him, you know, which is, you know, that's that's our clue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, uh, when, he, when he lived his life, he had a focus. He, he, uh, he got to a certain point in his life where even when, when, uh, when he was filled with the Spirit of God, God announced from heaven, look at this guy, he makes me happy. And he announced that to the whole world. Uh, it's interesting to me that God said that over him right before one of the uh, toughest times in his life. He's, he's going to go into the, the wilderness and, and get tempted was right. three ser- very serious things that, you know, most people would have caved yeah. uh, being tempted with those things, but he didn't. Yeah. I, I, uh, I believe in these times in the end, I believe these were in the end times. Yeah. I believe that the maturity of the bride is on its way. Yeah. I am completely convinced that the church is going to rise up and the momentum of the grace of God is, um, is going to be so powerful. We're going to see the kind of miracles that will, uh, that will just blow our socks off. However, I think that, that receiving the grace, the empowerment to do those kind of miracles uh, comes from us recognizing First of all, our worth, and second of all, discounting the whole deserving attitude and and giving um, God his complete and total, uh, I don't want to say the word control, but um, empowerment of us, because grace is empowerment. And the thing that would blockade that grace is the difference between deserving and worth. Yeah. Yeah. When you're, uh, when you're operating in the, in the worth part, uh, the, uh, remember your own, your worth comes from that sacrifice of Jesus. It's always, it's always embracing the cross and embracing. You can't, you can't give Jesus a hug without embracing the cross. They, They don't come apart. He's, they're together. And, uh, that's why, uh, Anyway, the, the the worth part has to always be that. That's our foundation, and 
and then, uh, but I, I see this picture of the, uh, the the other side of the coin where we seem to get this idea that the grace of God is like this uh, arrow that He shoots out of a grace bag, and we get hit by this arrow, and then we have a gift that we're in charge of, and and we get to go use it. And it's like there's this separation in our brain that happens like, oh, this is my gift, right. and I'm just going to go live my life with my gift. But <laughs> like we talked about earlier, there's no, there's no, God doesn't go anywhere. His name's still Emmanuel. He's our, the God with us, and he moved in, in us, and we're in him. So the, the gift that we have operates because we're connected to the vine. We're, we're right. in him. We're... And he's in us. There, you don't receive a gift and then go off and go use it, kind of a thing. It sounds funny to say it out loud, but I think there's a mindset in the in the world right now that uh, that you can use your gifts apart from God. And the scary thing is, is they still operate in in maybe a, a dumbed down version. But uh, the fun and the true life of doing ministry in partnership, in the grace yeah, of God, right. in Jesus. That's Connection. Where, yeah, that's where the joy of the Lord that's is. That's right. That's right. That's where even if you're, uh, maybe your gift is praying. Well, Jesus said pray that your joy would be full. You know why your joy is full? Because you start seeing things happen because you prayed. Yeah. You're, right. you're moving mountains. Uh, people's lives are being changed. Answers yeah. are coming. That's right. But you don't get, you don't give you don't receive a prayer gift and then go off and do that on your own. Uh, it's uh, your, your worth is still embracing the cross and embracing Jesus. And part of embracing Jesus and the cross, like I said, is the suffering part. Yeah. So, uh, and, and your gift doesn't stop work, working during the suffering part. That's right. That's one of the things that was hard for me to learn. Like, I'm in a wilderness, you know, and usually when people say that, they're looking at their belly button. I call it, be- <laughs> I call it belly button disease. Yep. And because it's all selfishness after that, it's like, oh, everybody feels sorry for me. I'm being tested. I don't like this. Well, nobody does. No, nobody likes suffering. Nobody, nobody goes looking for it. But uh, after a while, if you'll, if you'll look at it through the grace eyes that God gives you, after a while, you almost start, uh, embracing it like yeah. okay this is going to be good for me and That's i'm right. but uh, this time i'm not gonna uh have belly button disease i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my eyes focused on jesus and i'm gonna keep finding somebody else to love even in the midst of my own pain yeah you keep your connection and you say to the lord what is it i can learn today in this moment that i could not have learned before this happened, right. what can I? How can I stay connected to you and have you teach me? Because I want to learn this, Lord. I want to become a mature son. So our circumstances don't determine whether we're in Christ, because we always are. So even yeah. when it's a bummer, yeah. or even if it's in the middle of ecstatic joy, we're still in Christ, and our circumstances don't determine our worth. That's right. They don't. They don't. It's still not a transaction. Suffering's not. A, if you go through suffering, it's not a transactional right. thing. That's it's right. not. It's That's not. Right. It's not. That's right. It's yeah. Thank God. <laughs> right. <laughs> now we're back to getting what we deserve again, and yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. I mean, yep. even on the good things, like I, I could never produce enough 
godly fruit exactly. in my human out of my human life even exactly. on my best day even in the most fantastic things that i've ever seen happen in 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 my days of ministry and praying for people or, or preaching at churches i i could never produce enough fruit to pay for that the love that jesus gives me yeah, well, even even if I did produce wonderful fruit, the rotten fruit that I also produced would, <laughs> would you it know, would the, spoil the yeah, rest. Of, right, exactly. Like the bad apple exactly. makes the rest of the apples exactly. bad. Ooh, wow. Yeah. So, so what what parting words could could you give to the people that are listening? They're like, okay, I need to make a change. I'm going to say the words that we hear Paul say so so much. Grace. To you and peace from God our Father. Grace, 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 free. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to work for it. I just say grace to you. Just receive that grace right now. Close your eyes, reach your hands out, and receive the grace. Father, we thank you that the grace that you give is free. We don't have to deserve it. We ask for the grace of Jesus to be in us, through us, to us, and, and, and through us to others. Lord, we ask that you would teach us all about the difference between worth and deserving. We want to open up, Holy Spirit, for you to teach us and speak to us so that we can see our blind spots. In Jesus' name. Amen. What a good word. Thank you, Matt, for being with us today. Thank you. And, I uh, really enjoyed it. We're just so happy that uh, you were here to to listen to this podcast today. If, if it was good for you, make sure you respond back and send us a note. And if you can think, maybe you think of somebody else that's going through a, a season in their life where this would be a really good word for them, uh, help them to connect to a to the church doctors on the way that they listen to podcasts. We, we were distributing out to Spotify and Apple podcasts and however you're listening right now, um, through our website. And, uh, and, uh, and if you need extra help, if you'd like, uh, more prayer, uh, I can put you in contact with Matt and, uh, he's a minister, a full-time minister and, uh, or my, my wife, Marla and I, and, uh, Dixie and Matt also together. Uh, we'd we'd love to send you more encouraging information or pray for you or even do a phone call or whatever it is that we can do to help you. So thanks for being with us, and uh, uh, go ahead and check out some of the other podcasts down on the list. There's a whole bunch more good stuff in there. Y'all have a good day. God bless. Thanks for joining us on the Church Doctors Podcast. For more information or to contact us, please visit our website at outpouringintl.com.